بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما يا كريم باب من الشرك أن يستغيث بغير الله أو يدعو غيره From the acts of shirk is to seek help in other than Allah استغاثة or to invoke other than him سبحانه وتعالى And يعني we always look at the relevance of the chapter to, to the book For the relevance of the chapter again the, the sheikh is continuing to mention يعني the things acts of worship which should only belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which if they are directed to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they what? They represent shirk. They are shirk. They are shirk. And the thing which goes against tawheed is what? Is shirk. So where we're explaining tawheed by explaining the opposite of tawheed, which is, which is shirk. And again, he says, mina shirk, this is where we said, tabayadiyah, and one of the categories of shirk is what? Is to seek istighatha or make dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this shirk is, we're going to come to say, we're going to categorize it, but yani the one that he's talking about here is, is major shirk. There's no minor form of shirk regarding al-istighatha. And he said, an yastaghith. An yastaghith, yani they've translated it to seek yani, yani deliverance and to seek aid and to seek assistance. But this is what al-istighatha is. Yani to seek deliverance and rescue from severe adversity or destruction. Subhanallah, this is what al-istighatha, we're going to come to look at this. Subhanallah, that al-istighatha, what's the difference between al-dua and al-istighatha? And why did he mention them in the same chapter? We're going to have a look at this, inshallah. The essence of istighatha is that, subhanallah, that none besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can deliver you and can help you from the hardship that you are in. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that has decreed it in the first place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has decreed it in the first place. And subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may decree these hardships on a person as a test of their iman. As a test of their iman. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make the test, our test, يعني our adversity in our deen. وَلَا تَجْعَلْ مُصِيبَتَنَا فِي دِينِنَا Don't make the musibah in our deen. Because wallahi, this is the biggest musibah. And then like we said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're going to categorize it into three types. Well, we've got tawheed, and we've got shirk, and we've got mubah. The same categorization that we've got either we're going to have for istighath. To seek aid and deliverance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. This is, this is tawheed. And then to seek aid and deliverance in other than Allah, مثلا, in the amwat, in the ones who are dead, or the ones who cannot hear you, or are far away, or cannot help you, subhanAllah, while they are far away, then this is from a shirk. From a shirk. And again, this is a shirk al-akbar. There is no minor form of shirk in this. This is a shirk al-akbar, wal-ayadu billah. And then the, the mubah, yani to seek deliverance in the living, yani from those who are aware and those who, who can help you. And this is thabit in the, in the, in the Quran, when Musa alayhi salam, فَاسْتَغَاثَهُ الَّذِي مِنْ شِيَعَتِهِ عَلَى الَّذِي مِنْ عَدُوِّهِ فَوَكَزَهُ مُوسَى فَقَضَى عَلَيْهِ For the man from Banu Israel when he was fighting from the, with the man, for he asked Musa to assist him and to help him. Yes, this is al-istighatha. فَاسْتَغَاثَهُ Allah subhanahu specifically uses al-istighatha. But this is from the one which is mubah. This is from the one which is permissible and, and allowed. And then subhanAllah, Shaykh ibn Uthamin, he makes a very, subhanAllah, a very important point here. Where subhanAllah, when you are seeking يعني, aid and deliverance, in, in the permissible way, you have to correct your aqidah. 
you have to correct your aqidah and you have to have the aqidah that the person you're seeking, seeking aid and deliverance from is merely what? Is merely a sabab. Is merely a sabab. And subhanAllah, because the, the, the human nature is that this person could lean towards this thing. And they could, subhanAllah, they could have all their reliance on on this particular thing that they are seeking refuge in, or this particular person. Or they could be, mathalan, deceived by their position, or they could be deceived by their power, mathalan. Or they could be deceived by any of these things, subhanAllah, and they could forget what? Musabbibul asbab. They could forget Musabbibul asbab, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a person has to be very careful in this regard. And this, subhanAllah, the person who has this over, yana, yana, overarching i'timad, overarching reliance on this thing that they are seeking refuge in, then this one, يَقْدَحْ فِي كَمَالِ التَّوْحِيدِ يَقْدَحْ فِي كَمَالِ التَّوْحِيدِ يعني The completion of Tawheed. Remember we said that there's Asl Tawheed and there is Kamal Tawheed. What's Asl Tawheed? The core of Tawheed. So if we take away this core, what happens? There's no more Islam. So there's no more Tawheed. This is what, what removes the core of Tawheed. Major Shirk. Major Shirk removes all of the Tawheed. Completely, it goes. The person has had the Milla. If they want to subhanAllah repent, they must repent and they make Shahada again. And then they have to re-enter Islam once more. And then there's Kamal al-Tawheed. What we call the Kamal al-Tawheed is like the buffer zone. So on top of the Asl, there's the Kamal, the completion of Tawheed. The ones who complete the Tawheed, they're the ones, the 70,000 that will enter Jannah بغير حساب ولا عذاب. They will enter Jannah straight, yani free pass to Jannah. These are the ones who have completed the Asl, obviously, and they have completed the Kamal. Yani they don't, مثلا, لا يسترقون. They don't even get asked people for Ruqya. They don't ask people, مثلاً, to give them K because of their reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a similar thing, subhanAllah, that they do not go and they don't rely completely on this person. And they know that this person is just a cause. This person is just a cause. And if they have an over-reliance on this thing, then يقدح it, it, it chips away at, at Kamal al-Tawheed. Kamal al-Tawheed. And you have to be careful, like we always say. For chipping away at Kamal al-Tawheed is not something easy because the more you chip away, what happens? You eventually get to what? You eventually get to Asl al-Tawheed and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as-salamu al-afiyah. Oh, yad'u ghayrahu. He said, Babun min al-shirki an yastaghitha bi ghayri allahi aw yad'u ghayrahu. Or to invoke dua. We all know what dua is. So now we need to know what the difference is between al-istighatha and what is the difference between dua. Well, the subhanahu in 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 istighatha is asking Allah for what? For aid and deliverance. Yana in the shada'id. Yana in when you ask for aid and deliverance is when? When there's extreme, po- we are in extreme hardship. Whereas dua is what? Is just for hardships. It's for in the times of ease and in the times of hardship. Palestigatha is dua khas. Dua khas, a specific form of dua. A specific form of dua that is only done in when? In the times of absolute hardship. Mazalan, starvation, hunger, disease, uh, yani drought. And from the dua, subhanAllah, you see when they make salat al-istisqa, what do they say? Allahumma aghithna, Allahumma aghithna, Allahumma aghithna. Ya Allah, what? Aghithna, yani relieve this drought from us by sending down rain. That's essentially what you're asking. But when you go make dua, yani general, subhanAllah, you can ask, it has to be in the times of ease and in the times of hardship. But al-istighatha is specific only to, to the times of hardship. And we're going to have a look at this, inshaAllah. وقوله تعالى ولا تدع من دون الله ما لا ينفعك ولا يضر فإن فعلت فإنك إذا من الظالمين and invoke not besides Allah any that will neither profit you nor hurt you but if in case you did so you shall certain be you shall certainly be 
of the zalimun, the polytheists and the wrongdoers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here in Surah Yunus, وَلَا تَدْعُوا يعني Do not invoke besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this one is specifically in the dua. وَلَا تَدْعُوا And do not invoke besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يعني dua is, is, is generally, يعني if, we say, يعني if we were to define it generally, يعني to seek something which is beneficial. And subhanAllah to seek يعني the removal of something which is harmful. If this is what a dua is. So you ask Allah, Ya Allah, give me everything that benefits me and keep away from the things which, which harm me. So this is the essence of dua. وَلَا تَدْعُوا that This is a nahi. This is a nahi. وَلَا تَدْعُوا وَلَا تَدْعُوا Do not invoke. مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Besides Allah, مَا لَا يَنْفَعُكَ وَلَا يَضُرُّكَ مَا لَا يَنْفَعُكَ They cannot bring about any good to you. If you make dua to them, they cannot bring about any good to you. So why would you worship them if they cannot do this? Why would you make dua to them if they cannot bring about any good to you? وَلَا تَدْعُوا مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَنْفَعُكَ وَلَا يَضُرُّكَ وَلَا يَضُرُّكَ Nor harms you. Nor can harm you. And this can have two meanings. Both of them are correct. But the first one is, they are not able to يعني, protect you from any harm. If any harm should befall you, they cannot protect you. وَلَا يَضُرُّكَ And the second meaning, which is also correct, that if you were to stop worshipping them, if you were to stop worshipping them, they have no ability to, to harm you as a result of, of you stopping worshipping them. Yana, they don't have the ability to seek revenge. So both of those meanings are correct. وَلَا تَدْعُ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَنْفَعُكَ وَلَا يَضُرُّكَ And subhanAllah, when we, when we read this ayah, we have to be careful of a mafhum. So مثلاً, I, give it, I, I say مثلاً, that no one is allowed to enter the house except those who have black hair. What is the mafhum of this? What is implied by these words? If you don't have black hair, then you cannot, you cannot enter the house. If you look at this ayah, what, what can you understand from this ayah? What mafhum can you understand from this ayah? If there's a mafhum here, it's, it's what is it? That if you can find something that, that can benefit you or that can harm you, then it is permissible for you to, to make dua to them. Is that what it's saying? There is absolutely no mafhum in this ayah. There can be no mafhum in this ayah. But what it's doing is it's describing the hal, describing the waqi', like what happens. That those who, subhanAllah, those who you invoke besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have no ability to harm or to bring about any benefit. This is the hal, this is the waqi', this is the reality of it. Don't think that if you can find, مثلاً, a deity besides Allah who can harm you, or, or, or can, or can benefit you that it is permissible for you to invoke them. But there is no mafhum to this ayah. فَإِن فَعَلْتَ فَإِنَّكَ إِذًا مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ فَإِن فَعَلْتَ فَإِنَّكَ إِذًا مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ If you were to do so, then you are from, from الظَّالِمِينَ فَإِن فَعَلْتَ فَإِنَّكَ إِنَّكَ أَيْ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ فَإِن فَعَلْتَ فَإِنَّكَ إِذًا مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ الظَّالِمِينَ What did we say about الظَّالِمِينَ الظلم. إِنَّ الشِّرْكَ لَظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ فَإِنْ فَعَلْتَ فَإِنَّكَ إِذًا مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ That if you were to invoke others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you are from الظالمين يعني from, as I say in English, from what? From the polytheists and wrongdoers يعني من المشركين من المشركين الشيخ بن عثيمين, he had some kalam He said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't specifically say فَإِنَّكَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ Because it's obvious It's obvious that what they did is shirk but it is not so obvious that it is zulm. And we say that shirk is zulm. Why? What is zulm? What is the, the essence of zulm? Of oppression. To take the rights of someone and to wrongfully give them to, to someone else. Wrongfully give them to someone else. But this is what a zulm is. This is what a shirk is. Is to take the rights of Allah and to wrongfully give them to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala affected by this zulm? 
we are zalimin to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wal-iyadhu billah. That means when we do this acts of shirk, that means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is affected by oppression of him. That means we are oppressing Allah essentially. No. So who is the zulm returning to? To the person themselves. They are oppressing themselves by doing such a thing. Because they will be from the losers. They will taste the hellfire as a result of this oppression. And then the general meaning of the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands his messenger not to invoke anyone of the creation who are incapable of either bringing about benefit or repelling harm. Had the Prophet ﷺ invoked anyone besides Allah, he would have been regarded as one of the polytheists or the mushrikun. The prohibition in the ayah is general and addresses the whole Muslim ummah. That means it's not just for the Prophet ﷺ. It's not just for the Prophet ﷺ, it's for his whole ummah. If the most righteous servant invoked false deities besides Allah, if the Prophet ﷺ had done such a thing, he would be regarded as a mushrik, as a polytheist. So what about those who are lesser in righteousness? And then the relevance of the ayah to the chapter, and they're very straightforward. وَلَا تَدُوا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He prohibits such an act. Why? Because, فَإِنْ فَعَلْتَ فَإِنَّكَ إِذَنْ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ That you will be from the mushrikeen. But this clearly shows that such an act, invoking besides Allah, is an, is an act of shirk. وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى وَإِنْ يَمْسَسْكَ اللَّهُ بِضُرٍ فَلَا كَاشِفَ لَهُ إِلَّا هُ وَإِنْ يُرِدْكَ بِخَيْرٍ فَلَا رَادَّ لِفَضْلِهِ يُصِيبُ بِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ وَهُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala touches you with harm or with hurt, there is none who can remove it but He. And if He intends any good for you, there is none who can repel His favor which He causes it to reach, whomsoever of His slaves He wills. And He is the oft forgiving, the most merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِنْ يَمْسَسْكَ اللَّهُ بِضُرُّ If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down upon you dhur, adversity and hardship, مثلاً, such as a sickness or a poverty or something you don't like, subhanAllah. So this is all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that sends this down. And the hikmah of why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends these hardships down, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. وَإِنْ يَمْسَسْكَ اللَّهُ بِضُرٍ فَلَا كَاشِفَ لَهُ إِلَّهُ That none can يعني, take away this harm except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. None can remove it except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees for you hardship, then who can remove it except the one who decreed it in the first place? And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants good for you, that none can, none can subhanallah yani stop this khair from coming to you. This bihi here, it could return to the fadl or it could return to the khayr. So if you look at the ayah, what does it say? Yusibu bihi man yasha. What's it before? Wa in yuridka. If Allah wishes for you khayr, fala radda li fadlihi. None can return or repel his fadl, his bounty and his grace. That when he bestows this blessing. And then he says, yusibu bihi. What does this bihi return to? It could either return to the khayr or it could return to the fadl. And the meaning is one. يُصِيبُ بِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءَ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes it to reach to whomever he wants from his slave. Subhanallah, sometimes you see one person, subhanallah, very little asbab he took, subhanallah, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened it for him, subhanallah, يعني, uh, great amounts of khair and, and bounties that came to him. And another person, the same asbab he implemented, and you see, mathalan, he, didn't, he wasn't so successful, subhanallah. This is the father from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when he says, مِنْ عِبَادِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءَ this is from the Mashiach of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is from the Mashiach of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلِيمًا حَكِيمًا So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees something, He is alim and hakim. He is alim and hakim. He knows what He is doing and there is a hikmah behind it. 
There is a hikmah behind this when he gives to someone and when he prevents from someone. Hasha lillah. Hasha lillah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should give someone or prevent something from him for no reason whatsoever. So everything is done with the hikmah. Whether we understand the hikmah or we don't understand the hikmah. So this is very under, important to understand. Yusibu bihi man yasha'u min ibadihi. Min ibadihi from his ibad. And this ibad is generic. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the dunya to whom? He gives it to the kafir and he gives it to the believer. But the akhirah, he only gives it to whom? He only gives it to the believer. This is what? This is the generic ubudiyyah. For everyone is a slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willingly or unwillingly. For the kafir, you see, he's a slave to Allah, but they are not acknowledging that they are slaves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Min ibadihi is not just exclusively to the believers, it also encompasses whom? The disbelievers as well. Even though they, subhanAllah, they may not recognize the ibad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then just the general meaning of the ayah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us that to him alone belongs the sovereignty of all things. He alone gives, deprives, brings about benefit and inflicts harm. Therefore, because of this, none has the right to be invoked or worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the relevance of this of this ayah, yani we have to read it yani, with the ayah before it. We explained it separately, but yani, it's, it's, yani, it's like a justification of why you only worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a justification of why you only worship Allah and why you only invoke Allah and why you only give dua to Allah. Because He alone, He alone is the one that gives and He is alone the one that prevents. For anyone who cannot do this is not deserving of worship. And if you were to worship them, what would you be from? You would be from? Al-Zalimin. You would be from Al-Zalimin. And Al-Zalimin al-Mushrikin. And like we say, subhanAllah, Allah, it is safah. It is stupidity, subhanAllah, that you know that Allah, Rabb al-Samawat wal-Ard, يعني له خزائن السماوات wal-Ard, the khazain, the treasures of Allah, يعني of the samawat and the Ard, belong to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you go and ask the creation, wal-Iyadu billah. This is how very little you think of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. لا تدعو إلا الله, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The shaitan may come to you sometimes. And he deceives you, subhanAllah. He says, Wallah, you're the nubah so much. How can you lift your hands up and ask Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala? You're the nubah too much, subhanAllah. Wallah, you step on his neck and the first thing you ask Allah is what? Is you ask Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, for forgiveness. You ask Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, for forgiveness. This is from the dua. You ask Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, for forgiveness. And you make a salat ala nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then you ask Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you acknowledge your sins and you acknowledge, subhanAllah, your shortcomings. And you acknowledge and then you ask Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever you want. So never be deceived by the shaitan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never accept your dua. The next step after this is that he will, he will adorn for you the dua of other than Allah. وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَىٰ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ لَا يَمْلِكُونَ لَكُمْ رِزْقًا فَابْتَغُوا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ الرِّزْقَ وَعْبُدُوهُ وَاشْكُرُوا لَهِ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ Verily those whom you worship besides Allah have no power to give you provision. So seek your provision from Allah alone and worship Him alone and be grateful to Him alone, you will be brought back. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Those you worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَا يَمْلِكُونَ لَكُمْ رِزْقَ لَا يَمْلِكُونَ لَكُمْ رِزْقَ They cannot give you any provision. يعني the idols that you worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the awthan that you worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is evidence, subhanAllah, that the mushrikun, what did they used to ask of their idols? They used to ask of them what? Provision. They used to ask of them provision. This is evidence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَعَبُدُونَ And Allah is speaking about the reality of what's happening. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَعَبُدُونَ Those you worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَا يَمْلِكُونَ لَكُمْ رِزْقًا They cannot. They do not hold mulk. They do not hold يعني, power over any rizq. To give rizq to anyone, subhanAllah. 
لا يملكون لكم رزقا فابتغوا عند الله الرزق فابتغوا فابتغوا يعني seek رزق from Allah سبحانه وتعالى by asking Allah سبحانه وتعالى seek by making dua to Allah سبحانه وتعالى seek the رزق from Allah سبحانه وتعالى وعبدوه he says فابتغوا عند الله الرزق وعبدوه and worship him and this is from عطف العام على الخاص something which is, is, is general is mentioned after something which is specific فعباده is what فعبدوه the order to worship him is what is general and seeking rizq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? Is a specific form of ibadah. Is a specific form of ibadah where you are invoking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the first one is, is specific and the second one is, is general. Is general. Washkuru lah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Washkuru lah. Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He gives you. And if He gives you a little bit or He gives you a lot, be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And being grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not just saying alhamdulillah and hasb. But subhanallah, the thankfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala manifests itself, first of all, in the heart. That you acknowledge that this ni'mah is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That this ni'mah is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the utterance on the tongue. That you acknowledge subhanallah, that you say alhamdulillah, that this ni'mah is from Allah. And you, وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثِ The ni'mah of Allah, you must, مثلا, you tell others about it. Not to show off, but to show you the blessings of Allah upon you. This is the second one. And then the third one is that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you from ni'mah, يعني, is it shukr, مثلا, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you, مثلا, what they call مثلا, a windfall of wealth. You use this money to go and disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is this from tamam shukr? Is this from the shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? For you must manifest this shukr in the things which are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can't use this shukr to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَشْكُرُوا لَهِ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ And that you will return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will recompense you. And then the general meaning of the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands his servants to seek provision exclusively from him, not from the idols, to devote all acts of worship solely to him and to acknowledge all his favors by using them for his obedience. Furthermore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasizes that all the creation will return to him on the day of, of judgment and he will recompense them for their good and evil deeds. Therefore, everyone must prepare themselves for accountability before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How is this ayah relevant to the chapter? What's the principle of when ibadah is mentioned? If it's established as ibadah, what? You put tawheed next to it. And if you do the opposite of it, it becomes shirk. It becomes shirk. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, فَابْتَغُوا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ الرِّزْقَ Seek rizq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worship him and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that any one of those three, if it's done for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we know that it is, that it is shirk. And Ibn Athaymin subhanahu wa ta'ala, he also gives the fa'idah azimah, another one. He said, subhanallah, this one is in just general dua. He said, مثلاً, the one who is beset by poverty, is beset by poverty, يعني الفقر, يعني, يعني extreme poverty. What does he do, subhanAllah? He raises his hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He implores Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, give me rizq. Ya Allah, take me out of this state of poverty that I don't rely on other people, subhanAllah. He makes this dua. SubhanAllah, this one covers the general dua and he also covers what? Al-istighatha. When you seek the rizq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he also covers the istighatha as well. وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى وَمَنْ أَضَلُّ مِمَّنْ يَدْعُ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ مَنْ لَا يَسْتَجِيبُ لَهُ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ وَهُمْ عَنْ دُعَائِهِمْ غَافِلُونَ وَإِذَا حُشِرَ النَّاسُ كَانُوا لَهُمْ أَعْدَاءً 
And who is more astray than the one who calls or invokes besides Allah such as will not answer him till the day of resurrection and who are even unaware of their calls, invocations to them. And when mankind are gathered on the day of resurrection, they, the false deities, will become enemies for them and they will deny their worship. Alright, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَنْ وَمَنْ This is a question. And this is a rhetorical question. We don't need to answer this question. It's a rhetorical question. There is no one more adal. There is no one more adal. There is no one more misguided. No one is more astray than this person. Than this person who what? Than the one who invokes besides Allah and those they make dua to the one who doesn't respond. Subhanallah. How can you be more astray than the one who does this? Subhanallah. They will not respond to him. And the ones that they invoke besides Allah, they will not respond to them because they are unable to hear them, they are unable to fulfill their requests. Even if they were to hear them, they were unable to fulfill their requests. This doesn't mean, subhanAllah, that they're going to keep making dua and then on the day of judgment, yawm al-qiyamah, that's when they're going to be answered. It doesn't mean this at all. SubhanAllah, he can keep making dua till yawm al-qiyamah, this person will never answer. But when yawm al-qiyamah comes, what happens? The chance for a'mal, the chance for good days is finished. The chance of good days is finished. There's only what, Yawm Al-Qiyamah? There's only accountability. There's only accountability, Yawm Al-Qiyamah. This is, this is what's saying. You keep making dua. And you keep making dua, dua forever, you can, essentially. إلى يوم القيامة. They're not going to be able to respond to you. وهو عن دعائهم غافلون. وهو عن دعائهم غافلون. Even worse, subhanAllah. But they are غافلون. They are unaware of the, of the dua that is being made to them. They are unaware of the dua that is being made to them. Fahnaz, like Sheikh Saleh al-Fawzan, he said, because they're either dead or they are inanimate, or subhanAllah, they are preoccupied for, for that which they have been created. Mathalan, the one who, who, who worships the angels. The angels are what? They are doing what they, they are fulfilling what they have been created for, subhanAllah. That they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. They are preoccupied with that which they have been created for. And then the general meaning of the ayah, the ayah states that the most deviated persons in the sight of Allah are those who invoke false deities who are unable to respond to their invocation rather even worse they are unaware of such invocations when the people are gathered on the day of judgment the ones invoked will disassociate themselves from those who invoke them therefore the polytheists are losers in this life and in the hereafter their invocation will not be realized in this life and it will be rejected when they are in dire need of relief in the hereafter and then the relevance of the ayah to the chapter. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the first ayah, was وَمَنْ أَضَلُّ That no one is more astray. Yani they are the most astray. There's no one more astray than them. Who is the one that is most astray? The one who commits sins, mathalan? The one who commits major sins? The one who commits shirk. This person is the most astray. This person is the most astray. And they are the ones who are invoking others besides Allah. And essentially they are committing shirk. Essentially, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that they are committing shirk. For this one here, this is the relevance of the ayah, that they are committing shirk. That by calling others besides Allah who cannot respond to them, and cannot hear them, and cannot give them what they ask for, they are committing shirk. وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى أَمَّنْ يُجِيبُ الْمُطَّرَّ إِذَا دَعَاهُ وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءُ وَيَجْعَلُكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ الْأَرْضِ أَإِلَاهٌ مَعَ اللَّهِ who's the one that responds to al-muttar, desperate or distressed. 
yani like we said the one yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed yani severe ibtila upon them and subhanallah they can't see yani the end of this subhan and they are in a very tight spot may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani protect us from such situations waj'alukum khulafa'al ard amman yujibu al-muttara idha da'a wa yakshifu as-su' that when su' comes upon you that he's the one that removes it whether it's sickness or whether it's yani hunger or whether it's it's yani tasallut al-adu the enemy upon you subhanallah comes on you all of this is from the sort that can uh, can afflict you, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala yakshif, yakshif. He uncovers or He removes, removes the sort. He uncovers and removes the sort. أَمَّا يُجِيبُ الْمُطَرَّ إِذَا دَعَاهُ وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءَ وَيَجْعَلُكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ الْأَرْضِ And then the خُلَفَاءَ الْأَرْضِ يعني generation after generation. So one generation dies, and then the next generation takes over, and then the ne- that generation dies, and then the next one takes over. For so this is the خلافة في الأرض. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَإِلَاهٌ مَعَ اللَّهِ أَإِلَاهٌ مَعَ اللَّهِ Is there an ilah besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who can do all of these things? Is there an ilah besides Allah? And this is why we said here, is there any God? Again, I cross this word out, God, and I think maybe the closest English word is deity. Deity, yes? Al-ilah is al-ma'bud, the deity which is worshipped. Is there any ilah with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The relevance is derived from this part of the ayah. قَلِيلًا مَا تَذَكَّرُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَلِيلًا مَا تَذَكَّرُونَ Little do you remember. Yani little do you remember the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that He's the one that removes the harm. And subhanAllah, and He's the one that answers the one who is desperate. And if you were to remember, if you were to remember, قَلِيلًا مَا تَذَكَّرُونَ If you remembered this and you, you took heed of this, then you wouldn't have fallen in the predicament of shirk. If it was your lack of remembering, that caused you to fall into this shirk. And then the general meaning of the ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refutes the, the mushrikun who invoke others besides him, although they acknowledge that Allah alone removes the afflictions at the time of adversity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning these things to the mushrikun because they acknowledge these things. They acknowledge these things because we remember the mushrikun of before. SubhanAllah, what did they used to do? That in the times of ease, they used to what? worship their idols. They would ask their idols and they would, their idols would intercede, you know, they would worship them to intercede on behalf of Allah, supposedly. This is what they used to do in the times of ease. But in the times of hardship, what would they do? They would turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And they would ask Allah alone. And they would ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove their hardships. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? Is, is, is rebuking them for worshipping others, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the times of ease. Therefore, the polytheists are condemned for worshipping false deities that cannot grant them any of the of the favors bestowed by Allah. Their lack of reflection on these favors is what made them fall into the abyss of polytheism, yani into the pit of shirk billah. And then the relevance of the of the ayah to the chapter, very straightforward. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'ilahun ma'allah, a'ilahun ma'allah. After mentioning that, he says, Amman yujibul muttara idha da'a. Who's the one that answers the one who is desperate? Wa yakshifu وَيَجْعَلُكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ الْأَرْضِ أَإِلَاهٌ مَعَ اللَّهِ What's an ilah? When you say, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ What are you saying? There is no deity worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. الإله المعبود The ilah is the ma'bud. But this goes to show that what are these things here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning? يُجِيبُ الْمُطَّرَّ إِذَا دَعَى وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءِ These are what? These are from forms of ibadah. But when you directed them to something other than Allah, this is what this is why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is asking the rhetorical question. Ailahun ma'allah. How can you direct these things to other than Allah Subhanahu wa Taala when it only belongs to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? 
He's refuting them and saying that what you do in calling others is essentially shirk. You have you are worshiping an ilah besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَرَوَى الطَّبَرَانِي بِإِسْنَادِهِ أَنَّهُ كَانَ فِي زَمَنِ النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم مُنَافِقٌ يؤذي المؤمنين فقال بعضهم قوموا بنا نستغيث برسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من هذا المنافق فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إنه لا يستغاث بي وإنما يستغاث بالله During the days of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم there was a hypocrite who used to harm the believers Some of them the believers said come support with us while we appeal to Allah's Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم for assistance يعني pay attention to the words He said قوموا بنا نستغيث برسول الله. The Prophet ﷺ replied, "Verily, no one should seek to me should seek to me for assistance. Indeed, it is Allah who is to be sought for assistance and help." And then he says, "Ya Rawat Tabarani." Tabarani was one of the great muhaddithin. Imam Tabarani. He said, "Biisnadihi." Like, for we say, "Al-Bukhari biisnadihi." So Al-Bukhari heard from his sheikh. He heard from his sheikh. He heard from his sheikh. He maybe heard from. Depending on how long the isnad is, you heard from a tabi'a, a tabi'i, from a tabi'i, from a sahabi, from the Prophet And when he says bi isnadihi, that means the isnad goes to Ubaidah ibn Samit. The sahabi goes all the way up to Ubaidah ibn Samit. So the hadith is essentially the hadith of Ubaidah ibn Samit. And subhanAllah, this hadith, you know, there's lots of kalam around it. And some of the ulama said that this hadith is da'if. And others said it's hasan. If you gather all its narrations together and you, subhanAllah, put them together, then it can be Hassan. It can be elevated to Hassan. And Allah alam, but يعني, the Shaykh, the manhaj of the Shaykh is if, if, يعني, if, there's, if there's anything which يعني, there's khilaf around of, of, of its authenticity, he doesn't put it in the main, يعني, the first two or three or four adilla, but he puts it right at the end. He puts it right at the end. This is his manhaj. You'll notice that some of the hadith that we've taken before that are weak, they're, they're right towards the end. They're right towards the end. Fine, so subhanAllah, if you think it's hasan, then khair, and if you think it's da'if, then it's khair, but because of the amana, the ilmiyyah, and the, the trust of, of knowledge that we, we, we explain it, and we convey it because it's in the book, subhanAllah. But he said, يعني munafiq, kana munafiq. And al-munafiq is what? Is the one who hides their disbelief and and portrays what? Portrays Islam. وَالْعِيَاذُ billah. And subhanAllah, يعني, some of them said that this was يعني, the head of the munafiqin, Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul. He was the head of the munafiqin. And subhanAllah, يعني, the munafiqin, if you want to know يعني, the, the, the sha'an of the munafiqin, يعني, a lot of people these days, they say that fulan and fulan, they, they accuse them of being a munafiq. And here in Australia, subhanAllah, you don't accuse of anyone being a munafiq. Because the munafiqin only come out when, when Islam is what? When Islam is strong, when Islam is strong, hey, subhanAllah, if you want to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is anyone going to do anything to you? All the shar is open for you. You need to hide this subhanAllah. But the munafiqin only appear when, when Islam has the shawka, when it has the strength. This is when they appear. For they hide their kufr and they portray a picture of Islam. A picture of Islam. And they are fi dark al-asfad. Fi zamani Nabi sallallahu munafiqun yu'zil mu'mineen. Yu'zil. Harm them. And the harm that comes from the munafiqin is not a physical harm. Usually the harm of the munafiqin is through their, through their words. And this is more ev- no, not more evident than in the story of the ifk. You know the story of ifk when the munafiqun they accused Aisha radiallahu anha 
of committing the of of committing al fahisha and they're the ones that made the story yani, churn through al Madina and they're the ones that spread the story. Who was it? It was Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul. He was the head of them. For this is how their harm manifests itself. The harm of the of the munafiqin, this is how it manifests itself through the things they say. And then just the general meaning of the hadith that when Islam spread widely and the Muslims increased in strength a group of disbelievers decided to outwardly embrace Islam but covertly and inwardly remain as disbelievers. They were the munafiqun or the hypocrites. The hypocrites would harm the believers with their words and actions as was the case of the, of the man mentioned in this hadith. Some of the Sahaba came to seek refuge with the Prophet ﷺ to dissuade the hypocrite from his abuse. So they came to the Prophet ﷺ. What did they say? Nastaghithu bi Rasulillah. That means the Prophet ﷺ will help us in... In stopping this munafiq from harming us. But what did they use? What words did they use? They said, Nastaghithu bi Rasulillah. Nastaghithu bi Rasulillah. Keep in mind that the Prophet ﷺ, Islam is in a position of what? It's a position of strength. There's a dawla. But the Prophet ﷺ, he could have what? He could have told that munafiq to be quiet and he could have punished him and he could. So their, their seeking assistance in him was what? Was valid. It was valid. It's not from the shirki type, it's from the from the Mubah type. But the Prophet ﷺ, he wanted to teach, to teach them a lesson. He wanted them to teach a lesson that this is not the wording that you should be using. But he said, some of the Sahaba came to seek refuge with the Prophet ﷺ to dissuade the hypocrite from his abuse. The Prophet ﷺ was able to fulfill their requests for help, but instead denounced the wordings used. Yeah, he said, Nastaghith, as it, as it implied a lack of respect for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ did this to teach the Sahaba to block all avenues leading to shirk. This is very important. If he didn't make this clear in his time, what would happen afterwards? That people still think that we can make what? Istighatha in the Prophet when he is? When he is dead. But the Prophet he fixed them. He fixed them up and he corrected them. He said, don't seek, don't use this word nastaghith. Don't, don't use this word nastaghith because it shows a lack of respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it could lead to shirk eventually. The Prophet ﷺ did this to teach the Sahaba to block all avenues leading to shirk and to keep their pure tawheed intact and the relevance of the hadith to the chapter. Yani that the Prophet ﷺ, he specifically mentioned that al-istighatha, yani although they were seeking yani the permissible istighatha, he made clear that al-istighatha, yani the, the, the istighatha of tawheed, is only directed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if it is directed to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is a form of shirk. Alright, the important issues of the, of the chapter. Alright, one. To attach supplication or invocation, dua, with seeking assistance, istighatha, through conjunction, is to attach a general matter to one which is specific. Essentially what he's saying, what we said before, this has got to do with the title of, of the chapter. من الشرك أن يستغيث بغير الله أو يدعو غير الله. فهي mentioned استغاثة and he mentioned دعاء. And like we said, دعاء is something general which is mentioned after something specific which is استغاثة. استغاثة is a special form of is a special form of دعاء. And any one of these which is directed to other than Allah is major shirk. Two explanation of the verse ولا تدعو من دون الله ما لا ينفعك ولا يضرك فَإِنْ فَعَلْتَ فَإِنَّكَ إِذًا مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ يعني آيَةَ نَمْبَرَ 106 and we just explained that in Surah Yunus we just explained that and then he said that this is the greatest shirk he called them ظَالِمِينَ and this indicates that it is from a shirk from a shirk al-akbar 4. The most pious person if he calls for help other than Allah 
even for the gratification of someone else, he will become one of the zalimun, the wrongdoers or the polytheists. Who is the most pious person that is being referred to? Who does the Dhamir return to in this ayah? Who is it referring to? The Prophet This is one of the examples where it is addressing the Prophet but what? But his whole ummah is, is being referred to. So it's applicable to the whole ummah. So this is where the Prophet is being addressed. So that is, that's what he's saying. That the most pious person, if he calls for help other than Allah, even for the gratification of someone else, he will become one of the zalimun. Yani there's no exception to the rule. There's no special treatment. There's no preferential treatment. If the Prophet was to do this, he would be from the zalimun. Because it's addressing him, sallallahu alayhi wa Although he would not do this, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Explanation of the verse, of the following verse. Yani, uh, ayah number 107 in Surah Yunus. And this one we said, yani it's, it's, a, it's a justification. It's a justification for that you wouldn't call to Allah subhanahu wa others besides Allah because of these reasons. Because of the reasons explained in the ayah. Six, calling others for help besides Allah is of no benefit in this world. And besides that, it is disbelief or kufr. Because he said, وَإِنْ يَمْسَسْكَ اللَّهُ بِضُرٍ فَلَا كَاشِفَ لَا يعني فَلَا كَاشِفَ لَا Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can remove, can remove the harm. First, subhanAllah, if you call others besides Allah, is there any benefit in calling them when they cannot remove the harm? There is no. And plus it is kufr. For they've lost the dunya and the akhirah. They've lost the dunya. They made dua in this dunya to something which subhanAllah cannot respond to them. And in the akhirah it is... They meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with shirk and kufr. They've lost both this dunya and the akhirah. Seven, explanation of the verse in Surah Al-Ankabut, yani ayah number 17. Ayah number 17 was, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ لَا يَمْلِكُونَ لَكُمْ رِزْقًا فَابْتَغُوا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ رِزْقًا وَعْبُدُوهُ وَشْكُرُوا لَا إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ so that's, you know, we've just explained that in seven. Eight, requesting sustenance and provision should be done to none other than from Allah. Just as paradise can be requested from none other than Him. But, you know, this one, the first one is straightforward. You know, requesting, And this is where he said, and requesting paradise. Because as a result of your ibadah, what are you, what are you seeking? You are seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does the pleasure of Allah necessitate? It necessitates His his paradise, his reward and his paradise. Nine, explanation of the fourth verse in Surah Al-Ahqaf. وَمَنْ أَضَلُّ مِمَّنْ يَدْعُ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَنْ لَا يَسْتَجِيبُ لَهُ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ وَهُمْ عَنْ دُعَائِهِمْ غَافِلُونَ And we've just discussed that one. There is uh, ten, there is none more misguided than the one who calls on others than Allah. وَمَنْ أَضَلُّ مِمَّنْ يَدْعُ There's no one more misguided. There's no one more misguided. Eleven. To whom the call is made besides Allah is unaware of the supplication of the caller. He knows nothing about it. And this is where, وَهُمْ عَنْ دُعَائِهِمْ غَافِلُونَ وَهُمْ عَنْ دُعَائِهِمْ غَافِلُونَ They don't know. They don't know that they are being called upon. This is evidence that the ones who are being called, they do not even know that they are being called upon. Twelve, the call will be the, the call, يعني the dua will be the cause of anger and enmity of the one called towards the caller. وَإِذَا حُشِرَ النَّاسُ كَانُوا لَهُمْ أَعْدَاءٍ Enmity and anger. Thirteen, the call is named as worship of the one called on. يعني وَكَانُوا بِعِبَادَتِهِمْ كَافِرُونَ After Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned dua, in the second ayah he said, وَهُمْ عَنْ عِبَادَتِهِمْ كَافِرُونَ So that the dua is, is a form of ibadah which only should be directed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
14. The one called upon will deny and reject this act of worship towards him. وَإِذَا حُشِرَ النَّاسُ كَانُوا لَهُمْ عَدَاءٌ وَكَانُوا بِعِبَادَتِهِمْ كَافِرِينَ وَكَانُوا بِعِبَادَتِهِمْ كَافِرِينَ They will reject it. They will reject it at al Qiyamah. They will disassociate themselves from it. They will have nothing to do with it. This is why such a supplication is the most astray of the people. That they make dua to the one who cannot respond. And this is why it is, is most adal. And secondly, that those they invo- invoke are unaware of their dua. This is why it is dalal. And that when they are resurrected, they are in, the, the, the ones they invoked will be their enemies. For subhanAllah, all these three show why it is astray. Why it is the most astray. 16. Explanation of the fifth verse in Surah An-Naml. And that was... أَمَّا يُجِيبُ الْمُطَّرَّ إِذَا دَعَاهُ وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءَ وَيَجْعَلُكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ الْأَرْضَ إِلَهُ الْمَعَ اللَّهِ And we've just explained that. And then he mentions astonishing is the, uh, 17. Astonishing is the admission of the idolaters, yani the mushrikun, that none relieves the one in distress other than Allah. That is why they call upon him in times of extreme difficulty with the utmost religious sincerity. And this is what we mentioned before, subhanAllah. For the mushrikun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them that you acknowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the times of hardship and you turn to him sincerely. But in the times of ease, what do you do? You worship your idols. But what does this tell you about the worship of your idols? This tells you that the worship of your idols is what is false. Because if there was any good in them, who would you turn to them in the hardship? You would turn to them in the hardship instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this is why I'm saying that, subhanAllah, this is why their matter is astonishing. For they turn to Allah in the hardships and in the time of ease, they... They make shirk in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fahiyya subhanAllah, in the times of hardship, what would they have done? If there was any validity to their ibadah of the asnam, what would they have done? They would have called upon their, their asnam to relieve them. They would have called upon the asnam, but they called instead whom? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely. And then 18, the protection of the chosen one, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, means the protection of tawheed and being mindful towards Allah. In the, in the last hadith, Yani where the Prophet ﷺ, he taught the Sahaba what to say and he protected the Tawheed and said that you don't seek istighatha in me but you only seek istighatha in, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's protecting Tawheed so that further down the track this doesn't yani, open a door of shirk or this is an avenue of shirk. And this is from our aqidah that there is no khair except that the Prophet ﷺ has told us about and there is no sharr except that the Prophet ﷺ has warned us against. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك وجزاكم الله خير